Welcome in, everybody. This is the Too Fat to Play podcast. As always, I'm your host, Austin. With me, my nine-fingered friend, Ryan. What's happening, everybody? Big week in the uh, world of NFL. I'm ready. Are you re- I had a good Monday. I hope you had a good Monday, Austin. Obviously, mine ended with my team uh, trouncing a lesser team like they should have. So it, it kicked off a good did that, day. Did that feel good? Because <laughs> both of us have teams that are notorious for, for just... not doing that. <laughs> so, I mean, let's be honest. I had a new uh, a new jalapeno papa recipe come to mind about halfway through the workday yesterday, right before the game. I was like, well, I have to make these. So... Kicked off my Monday night making some good food, watching good football. I had a good night. It trickled into today. I'm off the rest of the week. I know you've got one more day. So, I'm excited. I'm feeling good. I'm glad you're just having a peachy whale of a time. I don't like peaches. And that, my friends, is how the podcast comes to an end. Thank you all for joining us on this journey. Hopefully we'll see you all in the future. So, Thursday night football was, man, dude, the Packers are such a weird team. To to beat the Cowboys in the manner they beat them, you know, it was a comeback. They they played really good the second half. I was like, oh, shit, maybe the the Broncos, Broncos, jeez, I'm just going to list every bad team off here real quick. Maybe the Packers have finally found themselves. Maybe they're going to actually start doing something, maybe make a push to the NFC playoffs. And then Tennessee comes into town, who Tennessee is, at some point you are what your record says you are, and apparently they're good. Again, as a team that should have lost to Tennessee, I still don't think that's a good team. I do not believe in that team. I do not believe in that team's ability to win. Somehow they keep doing it. Coaching. Yeah, I do believe Mike, Mike Rabel is probably one of the premier head coaches in football right now, but... The Titans are such a weird roster. Um, they're they're getting a little healthy. Healthy. They're getting Traylon Burks back. King Henry's kind of been holding that team up, and Ryan Tannehill just doesn't have to make a mistake. If he doesn't make a mistake, if he plays Jimmy Garoppolo football, which I can't say that about last night, but if he just plays no mistake Alex Smith football, mm-hmm. yeah, I, that, that team's got a chance to win. But, dude, the Packers, the NFC playoffs are going to be so weird this year because there's going to be a really bad team that makes the playoffs. There's probably going to be a good team that misses the playoffs. And then there's a lot of mediocrity in that. I mean, tons. Outside of the Eagles, maybe the Vikings. I mean, I, I believe they're a lot better than getting blown out by 37 against Dallas. And the Niners, I mean, who's the other good team? I I can't tell you. I mean, the, the Giants maybe. And the I, Giants lost to the they lost to the Lions. Who's the only team that won in the NFC North? <laughs> Not only that, the Lions are on a three-game streak. They keep winning like that. We can look at them as sneaking into the playoffs. What is happening in the NFC? The my dark horse pick for the NFC. The Commanders? They look poised to make a run at it. Taylor Heineke does what? He he wins, wins. football games. It's not pretty. 
by any. But he rallied. He's another. I keep bringing him up, but it's a good comparison. He's a Jimmy Garoppolo. the The locker room loves him. The locker room rallies. They win football games. I guess, do you want to tackle this now or later about the whole locker room rally situation with another locker room that seems to not be rallying and for good cause? Um, We've already brought it up. It's fine. Yeah, let's, do, let's just so, go ahead. Um, I know me and you have been tuned in. And I know a lot of NFL fans have been tuned in, especially after press conferences Sunday. The Jets have a problem. Oh, very much so. And I, having watched Coach Sala on my own so- sideline and being a fan of his, he ain't gonna let this slide. And he's already, he's already, he's already put, he's already told, told Zach that his job's up in the air. I've, I, I said it this morning. I was talking with my buddy, with my buddy Joe at work. We were sitting there talking. Or I think maybe it was yesterday. But is Zach Wilson done in New York? I think so. So do I. So do I. I, uh, I. And at the beginning of the season, we neither one of us were saying anything close to this. But the play that we're getting at is Zach Wilson right now is not. It is not even relatively close to the play that we would have been expecting out of him, and no. the lack of leadership and. So the the sophomore slump in the stats and the inability to be productive is one thing. Um, and uh, while we're on it, it's part of uh, my fantastic foreplay. We're going to have to break this one up. I'll get to the other three later, but since we're already here, um, this is this is huge um, for the Jets because this is a roster that can win football games. Oh, absolutely. Not... Not uh, any given Sunday. This is a team that should cement themselves as possibly the number two in the AFC East, which is a very hard thing to say. You got the Bills and the Dolphins. <coughs> Excuse me. I mean, all they had to do was all he had to do was lead two field goal attempt drives, and they win that game in regulation. He couldn't do it. How, how do you say that you don't feel that you let your team down? You had negative 21 passing yards in the second half. The Jets' average yardage per play was 2.7 inches. They have a problem at quarterback. That's not, that's not a misspeak. They averaged 2.7 inches per offensive play. For a team whose defense is playing as light, top five defense right now, I, I, that defense that defense is, is really good. There's a lot of talent on that defense. There's a lot of talent on that offense. There, I mean, yeah, you got one of the best young receivers in the game. Garrett Wilson's looking like a stud. They need I a mean, quarterback. It's it's amazing how much Brees Hall, as a rookie, was carrying that team. And I mean, you. We can all see it. James Robinson's not the same, not the same running back he used to be. Granted, I think they're they're kind of trying to they're they're trying to will Michael Carter to be that. But I feel like if James Robinson was who James Robinson used to be, this is an argument. Most definitely. But 
Brees Hall was absolutely carrying that offense to the point where, I mean, that offense looked serviceable whenever yeah. he was in. It was, can the offense hold up the game long enough to give give their defense a breather? Go down, get a few points, let the defense do the rest of the work. Go down, get a few more points, let the defense do the rest of the work. Right now, your defense is holding teams to three points in an entire game. Granted, it's McCorkle Jones, and McCorkle doesn't run a very efficient offense either. No, but that's but, a divisional game. Yeah. That, and, and that's we've, a, we've talked about that. Multi, that's a different game. And you scored three points. Three. And then had the unlitigated gall. To say that you did, did, did not let down your defense. I, I'm shaking. I'm so pissed off. I had so much hope. I wanted Zach. I really did. I was hoping he was the guy at three. He tricked us with those beautiful throws at his pro day. And it's not that he can't make those throws. It's that he's just not making those. He had Braxton Berrios wide open Mm -hmm. on a third down. Just a, a quick screen pass. You know what the defense did there? He ain't going to make that pass. He didn't. Overthrew him. Launched it into the stands over his head. I mean, awful throw. It's what Zach Wilson has displayed really gives you an appreciation for what what the guys like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, you know, these young guys that are like, hey, dog, that one's on me. I screwed up. Josh Allen, clear as day, point blank, Open the meeting. Two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. It's hard to win when your quarterback plays like shit. Hey, Zach. It's hard to win when your quarterback plays like shit. Guess what you did? And guess what you've been doing? You're holding back an offense that can look really good. All he has to do is play smart football. Hit your checkdowns. Keep the defense honest with one, two deep shots per half. If I, I mean you've still got you're in a Shanahan system. You still got to you still got to play the system to it to its strengths. Which again, I feel like is a big reason why Brees Hall was having the success he's had, he had, but I feel like that sh- also shows the difference between what Brees Hall is and what Michael Carter and James Robinson are in that offense. Most definitely. With with what they have the l- absolute lack of offensive ability they have talent they have guys that can score from anywhere you've got two really good young receivers in that in that offense i genuinely believe you have two pro bowl level receivers on that offense. elijah moore's a dog exactly and he's been in the for lack of a better term he's been in the doghouse and we all thought it was because coaching it's because of zach that is blatantly apparent now yeah yeah no i i genuinely believe like he he called Zach out, and Zach went, I'm not throwing you the ball. So, I also saw a stat that through seven starts this season, Zach Wilson has five touchdown passes. Joe Flacco had seven and three. If you don't think there's a problem in New York, you're not paying attention. Not only that, where do they go? I mean, for the rest of the season, yeah, go to go to Flacco. 
You're I, not winning I, very many more games than you're going to with Zach. You might have less turnovers, but that offense is flat. I I think you I think you have a decision to make. Are you prepping for one more year of, of Joe as your backup slash bridge? Or do you try to throw Mike White out there? I mean, Mike White come alive. I, we've seen it before. I mean, don't me wrong. I don't think Mike White is a franchise quarterback. I don't think he's ever going to be a franchise quarterback. But you have to decide. Are you going to try and win games? Or are you going to discover what you have in your quarterback room so you know where to go at the end of the season? Well, and you and I talked about it. You you suggested do, um, before the show, going through show notes, getting everything prepped for you guys. Austin brought up just a question. We didn't know if we were going to explore this. I think we'll hit on it briefly uh, because I don't think either one of us say it's the answer. Um, do they start looking at the top of the draft for quarterback again? I don't think anybody picks up that phone call because what what do the Jets have to offer? So I I have to go in and look to see what their draft capital is. I don't think it's all that great. I don't. I think it's average at best. Like I don't think they have multiple first or second round picks to where they're like, hey, maybe we can get into the top of the first round with the this combo of twos and threes, and then from there maybe bundle to try and move up a couple of spots. I think they're looking at the veteran quarterback market next year. I think they're looking at Danny so Dimes. I, I think I think they're looking at at a bridge plus a second rounder, whether that be somebody like Bo Nix or Anthony Richardson, even though I don't believe he needs to be in the NFL. I don't believe he's an NFL quarterback. Whether that be uh, the kid from Arkansas, whether that be, hell, I wouldn't be upset if they take Hendon Hook, Hendon, Herndon Hooker and the fourth, fifth, sixth round, whatever. I mean, you've got an older quarterback now coming off an ACL. New York has to do something, but I I do believe you're probably looking at at the market for free agents or possible trade candidates because you know that is a young, talented quarterback. There's an offensive coordinator out there going, I can fix it. There is. Maybe. Maybe. The other New York team. I don't see that one happening. That's um, the only guy in the NFL that I can see that looks at. I don't see it happening either. But who's the only one that in the NFL that goes, I could make that work. I, I feel like if there was somebody that I would believe that could make that work, it might be Dable. But, man, you have to, you have to assume... There are secrets that are shared across that building. Oh, I would assume so. I mean, it. I realize these are billion-dollar businesses, but these are billion-dollar businesses. Not only that, but they're playing in separate conferences. So the only time you're going to see them is the Super Bowl, and once every four years. Yeah. So for teams like that to exchange information does not hurt them in any way, shape, or form. Unless, for some reason, they're both contending for a Super Bowl and they happen to play each other that year. And guess what? That's two games. That that year, you're not talking. The other three? Yeah. Hey, what do you got on them? You play them more often. You guys finish similarly in standings. So, I mean, you got Derek Carr, Danny Dimes, Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Uh, Mitch Trubisky, more than likely. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. <coughs> uh, which Carson's not going to get another shot, I don't think. I, I think Carson's career as a starter is officially over. Um, I don't even know if you go to him as a bridge, a solid backup. I, I, I Yeah, I don't see him as a bridge anymore. Uh, I, th- I Again, because I, bridges are still starting quarterbacks. Yeah, they might be 21 through 32, but they're bridge starting. They are starting quarterbacks. Right. Carson Wentz is not a starting quarterback. Um, uh, Baker. I don't like Baker. I don't. But somebody's going to give him another shot. So my question here is, depending on what Carolina does. If they don't stick with P.J., but go on. I know. And they're starting Sam Darnold this week. Because P.J.'s still hurt. Because P.J.'s still hurt. (laughs) But if they decide to move off of all three, you know, it, it could be interesting to see what Carolina decides because... Who knows? They might look at another top five quarterback and be like, eh, let's take a shot. Granted, I'm sure at this point they are shit full of taking that shot. Oh, I, I know their fans are. They have to be. But I think I think it could be it could be interesting to see some of these teams that have quarterbacks that are, are expiring. If if one of those guys looks at it and goes, I can fix him. If you know, Tampa Bay Green Bay, Indianapolis, Oakland, Vegas, hell, the Rams, the Seahawks, the Lions, the Lions. I mean, there's teams out there I think will have legitimate interest in him. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how how it's all conducted the rest of the season because what happened Sunday could spell the end. Um, it, it This can go two ways here. He can ha- He's either going to have one hell of a redemption tour somewhere other than New York, or, or he's, he's Ryan Leaf. Uh, yeah, and you know what? We'll, uh, we'll hit Ryan Leaf here later on. I think I just made a quick change to our uh, fantastic foreplay. All right. I'm going with it since we accidentally kind of opened with one. I no, just, it, it's that, fine. That is it, a topic. A, it is one of the premier talking points right now in the NFL. We had to get it out there. And and B, I I feel like we we each have thoughts on it that I believe are valid. Are we have legitimate ideas on it? Um, but no, I I think he might play again this season. But I think Zach Wilson has has signed the, has signed his death certificate for the New York Jets. I, I do too. I mean. Um, I've just got a quick list of quarterback needy teams right now. Um, the Falcons, the Pats, the Jets, Giants, the Saints. I'm I'm up in the air on the Commanders, um, but depending on how you look at it, the Commanders. I didn't think about the Saints. That again, I'm 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 pretty well. I'm out on Zach. I, I I'm, I I'm done. Too. I don't believe that. I don't believe it's gonna work wherever, be, unless he has a true change of personality. Yes. Granted, again, you get young, cute kid, New York City. Ego probably got inflated a little much. Maybe a kick to the testes and going down to Louisiana. Maybe not such a bad thing. You know, somewhere where hey, you don't have the glitz and the glam of New York. Right. Um, then you got Indianapolis, Carolina, Houston. Um, 
we're st- Pittsburgh. We don't know how Kenny Pickett's going to do. He's been up and down. Uh, the Bears, Justin Fields can run. He's he's gotten hurt. We can't see. We haven't seen him throw. Then like Trevor Lawrence, is he going to work out in Jacksonville? I think he's got a lot longer leash. Oh, he's got a much longer uh, leash. But he he's shortening it every week. He plays like he has been. That's fair. Um, the Lions and the Seahawks. I mean, that's three, six, nine, ten. That's 14 teams in the NFL who should be. I mean, the Seahawks, you've got a good bridge guy still. But mm-hmm. if, if you're sitting at the right spot in the draft, you got to take your guy. Or say something crazy happens in free agency. The quarterback market, which we thought was crazy last year with Jimmy and Matt, and we ain't seen nothing yet. Oh no! It th- this year's coming, and I mean it's it's going to be a wild off season. It's going to be interesting to see what deals get done before free agency starts, because that could really set them set the tone for an off season that could go absolutely bananas. Um, but man, I just. The, the the Zach Wilson thing got me and it, it threw that, me for a loop. Where I don't know the last time I heard a quarterback answer that question. Flat no. No responsibility. Whenever whenever he 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 put up three points. Like he never scored in that game. His offense put up three points, obviously, and that took the kicker. It's it, it was just appalling to me to see how it was disgusting how bad of a person he decided to be there. Because and what was crazy coming out of the draft, all you heard was how humble and how good of a kid he was, how smart he could make the throws, which he can make throws. He hasn't decided to. Where is where are the rest of the intangibles? I think they got they must have got putting his uh checked bag and they got lost on the flight because I, it's bad. It's been bad in New York. Um, Which sucks because I feel like that some of this might come down on the coaching staff. Which, with Robert Salt, I feel like if it was Salah's guy, he would have backed him up. Said he's our starter. He come out and was like, <laughs> not not this week. We don't know. Yeah, maybe that wasn't Salah. Maybe that was the GM trying to make a uh, make a move to appease some fans. Um. I'm thinking it was, and I do feel like the one good thing for the Jets is I think they have a coach that will be like, "Hey, bud, see that see, see that bench over there? Get real familiar." I think they've got a head coach that, I mean, tough take, dude. Take this clipboard, write down everything I have to say. Yep, you're not leaving my side today. All right, we'll get off the Jets. Moving on, Falcons, Bears. I really thought the Bears had this game, and I believe if Justin's shoulder doesn't get dislocated, probably do win. Um, that was a good game. It was a good game. It was a really good game. I mean, we we differed on this game. You thought the Falcons were probably going to win it. I thought the Bears were probably going to win it. But that was a good game to watch. That, that was a fun game to watch. They played hard. They played well. It came down to it, too. That was That, that game was back and forth. It was not what... No. I mean... We we didn't think it was going to be a blowout. Thought it was going to be close. I don't think we were expecting... I If you would have told me 17-14, I would have been like, yeah, makes sense. 27-24 was higher scoring than I expected, and it was a good game to watch. I enjoyed it. I don't have a lot of notes on it. Aside from Chase Claypool, looks like dog shit. 
and uh, fellow podcaster and new offensive lineman for the Atlanta Falcons, Will Compton, coming back into the league week 10. Congratulations, big guy. Help those Falcons out some more. Not that I need them winning anything else in the NFC this year. Love seeing guy. that Will Compton's one of those guys who has a great personality. He lays it out all out on the field. He feels like he'd be a great addition to the Pat McAfee show. Just just he I, would be so good on that show. With who he is, how he is, I think that'd be a great addition for them. I I love the signing. I hope he helps out quite a bit. Can't wait to see him on the field again. He was when he was uh, released or not offered a contract because he went in depth on that a couple years back um, with the Titans. He was hot and he helped them a lot. He was a he was a beast on their offensive line with Taylor Lewan. So yeah, that's it's gonna be. I hope the best for the guy. You know. I, I loved his comment. I'm 33. I'm white. Had to be careful with the legs. That's why we took the first half of the season off. Big fella, <laughs> go off. Go off. I'm here for go it. Go for it, man. Love it. Um, To the most confusing game of the week because I do not understand what I'm watching. The Eagles look like one of the most dominant offenses in football. Jalen Hurts looked like a potential top three MVP finisher. The last two weeks, obviously last week, they get kicked in the teeth, lose the game. This week, I don't know if it was, it's just the Colts. I don't know if it was, we're still reeling from losing our first game. I feel like the leadership on that team doesn't allow, or shouldn't allow, for this kind of thing to happen again. But damn it, they should have lost to the Colts. They should have. That was bad. They. I just want to touch on this, because... That's how my brain works tonight. What was Nick Sirianni doing yelling at the Colts fans about Frank Reich? I have no idea. I, the, I that, this one's for Frank? That team was bad with Frank. I get he brought you into the league. Right now, Nick, you're a better head coach. If well, you let's l- act like it because you damn near got Which, I mean, don't get me wrong. Talking credits to the Colts. Because they had, they had the best team in the NFC on the ropes. They were there. They were throwing punches. Yeah, I, I mean, mean Jeff they, Saturday, who's not calling any plays, but he he walked into that locker room. He's got those boys ready to play ball, and it's. I mean, I I feel like the the Colts. I don't even feel like the Colts are in any given Sunday team. They they feel like they feel like more like a boxing term. I I genuinely feel they have a puncher's chance. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be gritty. But they only got to land the one. If they land that one, you're going to lose. Uh, they're going to stay in it now, this, which is so weird for an entire staff that hasn't done anything. Coaching. No calling plays. I mean, nothing. They've found themselves. They're not in playoff contention, obviously. But they found themselves scorned mm-hmm. who are we going to knock out of the playoffs yeah. i mean <laughs> they're here to play spoiler now and i i think i don't know what frank reich was 
his offensive plan was this season because it's been bad. You know, I don't know if Jonathan Taylor was just that hurt, whatever. But now this offense, as it should be, runs through JT. They're they're moving the ball. Yeah, it's not pretty. It's not the greatest thing on we've ever seen on turf. But I mean, it's he's made Matt Ryan look almost competent again. He's like, screw the deep passes. What can you do for me over the middle? Yeah, let's, and let, let's let Michael Pittman and uh, Zach Paschal. Zach Paschal. Let's see what these guys can do over the middle. Let's let them make a move. You know, there's a couple offenses in the league where it's you don't have to go down deep. You you dump it off, and granted, they don't have 85 or 87, but you hit that guy short and let him move. Guess what? 10. So, so, sometimes those uh, short five-yard passes over the middle are... Game-winning touchdowns for 20-something yards. Those, <laughs> you, you ha, if you trust these guys over the middle, you're throwing to world-class athletes. You know, we don't have to take the deep shots. And, oh, by the way, we have Jonathan Taylor sitting behind you ready to carry the rock. And you run it on first, second down, get into a short yardage third down. You, you can make, either run it again, pick it up, guarantee yourself. You make the defense let pick what you're going to do. You run, essentially, RPO. Quarterback drops back. Jonathan goes, it's mine. Cool. He goes, it's yours. Cool. Yep. Quick dump off. You nickel and dime them all the way down the field, and you get your points. You either get six or you get three. It's a winning combination. It's boring football. Oh, it's, it's awful football, and nobody wants to watch it. But but you know what's going... really weird? I, love, I do love to watch it because when you actually break down the game, it everybody's here for the big plays. But seeing a team just impose their will, and there is nothing more, I don't, I don't even know how to rephrase that, because I, my entire, my, the thought process is still there, but the conductors left the train. Um, Shocker. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, because, you know, watching the team impose their will, it is schematically it's fun to watch when you get into the x's and o's of it yeah and you and you start to and because uh, this allows me to get away from my team my team my team and being when you just watch a football team do what they want to with the offense that allows your defense to go out there make some plays and this is a defense playing without its best player Best or second best, depending on where you put Defoe in that conversation. But Mon- underrated. That's, that's all you have to yeah, say. We, I mean, we've been over Defoe multiple times on this show. Um, already talked Jets, Pats. Don't really want to talk about that again. Uh, Commanders, Texans. Taylor Heineke getting another pair of Jordans. Love it. That I don't know, man. That that team has to stick with Taylor. And we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. But the Commanders, with him under center, are a better football team. Absolutely. I mean, they won what five out of the last six? Yeah, he's four or now five and one as a starter. It's not pretty. No, but, but the the team around him plays for him. They they rally around him. You know, I. I still think the Commanders have a problem not getting the ball to Terry with a little more consistency. Granted, I know Terry's not really a me-first kind of guy. 
But what was really weird when Carson Wentz was in the offense trying to force feed him the ball and couldn't, Scary Terry started to, to get loud. Now they're winning football games, and he doesn't have to. Not that he can't. You put him in any other offense and he's a number one receiver, he's still the number one. But now... But with Taylor, he's not trying to force to be that number one. It seemed like with Carson, they and him were trying to force to be that number one, and it wasn't working because Carson is garbage. Right. But Taylor, he spreads the ball around a little bit. Taylor, Terry knows he's going to get a couple of targets. He's going to get he's going to get his shots, but he's not. It's not nearly as much me 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 as what it was with Carson, which it almost seemed like with Carson he goes, "You're going to have to get me the ball for us to win." With Taylor, he goes, "Spread it around, some kid. When I'm open, you'll hit me." I don't know why you have Terry calling Taylor kid. It doesn't matter because Taylor's a beast, and well, I mean, t- they're both beasts. They really are. I, I mean, who buys their entire offensive line? Jordans. Um, oh, that's right, Taylor Heineke. Um, but do what you do. Again, you you have a twenty four year old kid calling a twenty nine year old man. Uh, hey, kid. But hey, whatever. It happens. I call people kid all the time. So. <laughs> Um, Texans awful. We old. And I don't know if you heard, but Lovey Smith was noncommittal on Davis Mills being his quarterback. I did not hear that. Um, not that I disagree nor agree with it. I feel that team has a lot of other issues than Davis Mills. Oh, so do I. Absolutely, so do I. I, I feel you give Davis Mills another option or another year. He by far, so far, he's still the best quarterback to come out of that draft. And uh, is there another quarterback on your roster that you think's better than Davis Mills? I don't even know who their backup is. I have no idea. I, I mean, it doesn't. I don't feel like it really matters. I don't, I don't either. I, I still have to look because now I'm curious. Okay. Well, while you start looking for that, we're going to move on. Uh, Rams Saints. The Saints, I do not believe, are a good football team. I picked the Rams to win this football game. The Rams are obviously a bad football team. Um, I I kind of feel for Jameis Winston because his press conference. It's Kyle Allen, FYI. Okay, another XFL guy. Put him in, coach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hell with it. PJ Walker and Taylor's doing their thing. Screw it. I mean, you're not winning football games, so. But if, if Davis has moved off this offseason, that could be interesting to see, too. Um, uh, I like Davis in, in New York blue. I, man, I keep I, bringing up Brian DeBall, but when you look at the quarterbacks, if Brian's looking to win tomorrow, he's going with Jimmy or Derek. If he's like, I want to win for the next 15 years, he's going to look either at the draft, which... The way they're looking, they're not going to be drafting very high. Or they're gonna he's gonna look at one of these quarterbacks that gets kicked to the curb that's younger. I mean no, no, I mean you're you're not wrong. You're not you're not wrong. I just I don't feel like Dable's going to go to I feel like mobility is a big part of Dable's game plan. And and he's going he's not going to want to move that because he has granted it's the Walmart great value 
best choice, whatever you want to call it, version of Josh Allen. Obviously, I'm not saying Daniel Jones is Josh Allen. Right, no. The skill skill set's similar. The skill set is of the same ilk. Obviously, the execution is very different, which again, maybe maybe he's like, no, I've got my guy. I just got to get him into my system. What? Would, that's an interesting thought. That really is. It'd be weird to see Danny Dimes turn around. I, I, I don't. But, see, I don't see the ceiling being there. I really don't. Um, but hey, man, I kind of lost hope on Josh Allen a little bit. So I've been wrong. R- right now, Brian DeBall, the way he's coaching, I trust whatever decision he makes. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna ride with him and let it. Let him pick where he's going to be. But he's I, better at football than we are. If we were as good as we w- think we are, we'd be in his shoes. Yeah, probably not. But <laughs> you're right. I can't even get you, hired you, on at Humboldt High School. You, you couldn't talk your way out of a waiver sack. So, um, do you have any input on the Rams Saints game? Aside no. from the fact that you're just happy the Rams are losing again. Yeah. No, okay. that makes me. I know that makes you happy. I just yeah. didn't know if you had any other input. Um, Browns Bills. I that was close for too long. I I texted you in the first half, and it was immediately made an asshole out of because <laughs> I texted you and I was like, "Hey, the Bills might be in trouble." And then I think the Bills scored like nineteen unanswered or some shit like that. It it was quick, it was fast, and I was like, "Oh, nope, the Bills are fine." Hey, di- disregard previous text i didn't send that that slide it kind of came into this game and i I feel like they finally got right though they they're like oh shit you know we still suck the first half and then the second half they were like hey we're the buffalo bills but i do have a question that does not pertain to what happened on the field because that game yeah it's a bills game it was fun to watch wasn't that great of a game no it wasn't that Um, great of a game by any means but off the field question. Well, I guess it's not really off the field. It's an of the field question. Okay. Buffalo just got record snowfalls. They got 77 inches, five days. Nuts. That team, and it wasn't really reported too much, but they did say why they the official reason that they had to move the game was because the only place Buffalo has to go with all the snow is the stadium. Oh. So, that's, you know, that that's neither here nor there. That's not my main question. Buffalo has a proposition for a new field. It's, it's in the works. It's coming. Buffalo will be getting a new field. They have $1.4 billion stadium planned that doesn't have a roof. Not having a game in the NFL, losing one home game, is hundreds of thousands of dollars. Millions. Possibly millions. Possibly millions. Especially when the, with your team playing as well as they are, you could pack any stadium. With a brand new stadium coming, does that make you reconsider a roof on Buffalo? You have to. You almost have to reconsider to a retractable. Because as a Buffalo team... You have to be playing at home. If you know anything about Bills fans, they're some of the loudest. They're some of the best. I mean, that they, home field advantage isn't talked about as not enough, but because of the fans, it's talked about because of their weather. Now, 
you don't want a dome, I feel like, in Buffalo. Because when people come up to Buffalo, look, there might be three foot of snow, and that's Buffalo football. Now, obviously, you can't play in six, seven foot of snow like this last weekend. But, yeah, you have to consider it because at that point, if you're expected six and a half foot of snow, you got to shut the roof off or shut the roof up and uh, you got to play at home. Because my, my next question is I was interested to see where you went with that because I've heard a lot of people know you can't put a roof on in Buffalo. You can't have a roof in Buffalo. You have to play. You have to play with the weather in Buffalo. Now it's the AFC championship game. I want that snow. You're ho- you're hosting it in Kansas. You're hosting Kansas City for the AFC Championship game, and you get five foot of snow two days before the game. Now you're having to move the game to Detroit. Now you lose your a. Now you lose a true home AFC Championship game to a neutral field where you're going to have at best because a lot of these teams once the season's over, they're booking events, they're booking concerts, they have things going on in those stadiums. So, let's say, worst case scenario, you're now playing the home team in Arrowhead. Playing as the home team in Arrowhead. Because that stadium's prepped and ready to go. You can't. You have to. You have to consider a retractable roof. You have to go back and be like, look, we need to up the budget, which I don't... I've got some moral things on... Uh, multi-billion dollar teams going, we can't afford our $1.3 billion. We need tax, but that's neither here nor there. You have to go back and be like, we got to have a retractable roof. Because just like you brought up, if if it's the AFC championship game, if they're doing three, four foot of snow, and you're playing, obviously, three, four foot, suck it up, boys, we're playing in the snow. Absolutely. Five, six, damn near seven foot like this last weekend. You, It's not that you can't play in that. You can't get to the stadium. Yeah, You physically can't get to the stadium. Which I'll, the football teams would have found a way into the stadium. Yeah, like, And I mean, I understand a lot of it's, you know, fan safety and all this and that. Don't get me wrong. And I agree with all that. But again, I, I'm not thinking of November football here. It snows in Buffalo in January too. You've got a team that is primed to win in January. We've seen it snow in Buffalo in October. That's fair. I, I mean, mean, we've seen it snow in Kansas City in October, but it's <laughs> this is true. You know, it, it is it, that is that is my one genuine conversation from that game is does this make you reconsider a roof in Buffalo? Because I think it has to. You just I agree. you just lost an NFL home game. That's that is not an easy pill to swallow. That is a lot of money for your city, for your team. That is, I mean, not every fan in Buffalo. Don't get me wrong. Buffalo travels really well. The guy in the nosebleeds isn't making the trip to Detroit to watch that game. Right, right. You know, I tell you this. The economy sucks there, too. So, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I, I think it makes you genuinely, if it's if you're not considering a roof in Buffalo, I think you're doing yourself your team, your players, and your fans a disservice. I agree. I know snow and cold is part of Buffalo, and I'm good with that. that that's why I think you have to go do a retractable I roof. love the idea of the retractable. If, if it? it's cold, flurries, hell, if it's snowing before the, if it's snowing the week up to the game, 
close the roof. Day of the game, hey, it's zero degrees. Open it up. Snowing a little bit. We're opening the roof. Yep. Not only are we opening the roof, all that snow up top, we're letting it hit the field. About three hours before game time, we're opening them up. Everything hits the ground. We're getting our whatever up top to make sure nothing else is going to fall on anybody. What's on the ground stays on the ground. Welcome to Buffalo. It's cold and it snows. And look, when you lose your starting quarterback who's built like a linebacker in the amount of snow, I get it. You can't play there. This is one of those things. There's exceptions to every rule. You have to be able to play in that climate, but you also physically cannot play. And how? What I want to know if if you're out there, one of those people that says no, they should not think of a retractable roof or even just a roof in general. How are you going to clear off six foot of snow on a hundred by thirty yard field? Fifty. Is that a hundred by fifty? I thought it was thirty for some reason. How? how? Explain to me how you're going to clear that off three hours before game time. You're out there for days, and guess what? While you're clearing it off, it's still fucking snowing. You physically cannot clear it off fast enough to play a football game. I agree. Like I said, that, that, was, that was my talking point that I had on that game. That's the only one I had. It's, it's the one I feel is actually... I know, that, I know there was an NFL football game. I know that the Bills... Are now back in the second, right? I believe back officially into first, um, because that should. It was a really weird weekend for rankings. It, it, I, I'm, I hate the bye weeks because of this. You know, the dolphin, the dolphins didn't play. They could have been anywhere from first to third in the in the division. It's weird. Um, speaking of weird, the Ravens beat the Panthers by ten, and that ten was thirteen to three. That what? How? Two games went into well into the fourth quarter, tied at 3-3. The Jets game, which was atrocious, and this, how do the, how do the Ravens not blow out the Panthers? I know the Panthers, after trading CMC, looked better. Your starting quarterback is down, who was your, this, give me a minute to piece this one together. Okay, so your starting quarterback is down. But at the beginning of the season, your starting quarterback was your third string. So your backup quarter, who used to be your your starter, now comes in and plays like dog shit. Um, and the guy that you originally traded was a, like a couple of seconds and a third. Something like that. Four. Um, is still the second string quarterback after being the second string to the third string. And, is now, and he starts... This next, what in the hell is happening in the quarter? I understand PJ's out. You're going to lose with Sam or Baker. Just pick one, I guess. Uh, the only thing I can think is Carolina's like, hey, bud, uh, we know you're going to be looking for a team next year. Here's your chance to see if you have anything left in the tank to audition for your next job. That's the only thing I can think of. And the fact that they're like, hey, Baker, you don't deserve an audition for your next job. You suck. Bad. I mean, <laughs> is, is Baker on a roster next year? Is he? Yes. Which one? I don't know. Should he? Probably not. He, He's a decent backup. 
I mean, you keep his mouth shut, keep him away from the cameras. He has to come in and fill in for a starter three quarters of a game. I'll take that because you know what he's going to do? He's going to come out and he's going to light it up, not make stupid mistakes so he can try and pound his chest in the post-game press conference and get embarrassed the week after. So so how does Lamar only score 13 against that defense? I have no idea. That was that was bad. Um, and for all of you people out there, just because I keep seeing it, if you think Mark Andrews is the best tight end in football, or second best, or third best, go eat the dirt that you're playing in. Mark Andrews is a fine tight end. He is one of the best tight ends in football. My God, he is not the best football tight, the best tight end in football. Holy crap! I'm so tired of hearing that. So tired of it. Moving on. <laughs> I, Honestly, got... I'm not sure he's the best tight end on his team. Isaiah Likely is a freaking monster. I love that guy. This guy's looking good. I I think... I, I saw a TikTok the other day. Uh, not that I should be using TikTok as my reference point. But... That was basically... If you're looking, if you're looking to draft a tight end, figure out who Baltimore's scouting and draft that guy. Because they seem to be really good at drafting tight ends. Yeah. <laughs> They, they do. Uh, that's also the same one of the same videos I saw that called Mark Andrews the best tight end in football. Uh, no matter, how can you have such a good take and then such a blatantly bad take? Yeah, I don't know. Like he's he's a really good tight end, top five. He is not ahead of Kelsey, who I realize limited participation. I guess would help at a point is the highest-graded run-blocking tight end in football right now. Which is nuts. Absolutely is. I don't know if that's because probably the guy second on your list plays left tackle half the time. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but he's not ahead of Kelsey. He's not ahead of Kittle. If you want to argue that he's better than Waller, I'll listen to it. I'm not putting him ahead of a TJ, though. Say, I, Maybe. I don't know. Props to the guy. He's, you know, playing... You know, whatever. Mike Gusecki? Say, I don't, I don't put Mike above him. Um, Mike has this athletic. Year, though, I still don't. I, I still, I still think that being a game changer, Mark still wins out. Mark's the better blocker, and I believe he's he's the better pure receiver of the two. Gesicki can make. Gesicki makes the big plays. He doesn't make the. He doesn't okay, need. To, he, he doesn't, doesn't make, make the, the need to make plays. The dirty plays. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll accept that. And and I feel maybe that's where people get off on Mark being a top top two type top one tight end in the league is like ah oh, he he's he's as good of a blocker as Kittle which he's not he's as good of a receiver as Kelsey which he's not yeah if if you want if you want to average everything out maybe he's up there but he is not this the NFL is not built on averages if you're great when you're great guess what you're great that. I mean, this weekend, Sunday night and Monday night's games, those two tight ends that played, the premier tight ends that played in those two games, went off and showed you why you don't fuck with what, them. What Kittle end up with yards-wise? Uh, 86, I okay. think. So, Kelsey ended up 112, three tuds. Kittle ends up 86, two tuds. He was, <laughs> he was two for two, 86 
and two oh. touchdowns. Oh god, if we could just get that yard that receiving yardage per catch up, like maybe we'd maybe he'd be as good as Mark Andrews. <laughs> yeah, get that yak going. Yeah. Not that he's the, there's out in Santa Clara. They got something called the Yak Bros. And God, if he could just be one of those three. No kidding, but anyhow, that was <laughs> I. I saw I've seen so many no, takes. Mark Andrews is a fun. He's a phenomenal tight end. He's just not the best one or two. He's just not like. There's I, nothing... I realize everybody's gonna be like, oh, you're you're biased because one of you is a Chiefs fan with Kirk Kelsey and one's a Niners fan with Kittle. Okay, Mark Andrews wasn't in the conversation two years ago. No, he was not. That's an excellent point. What's he done since then to put him in that? The only thing he's done since then is not be as hard as Kittle. He's been on the field more than Darren Waller. Look, he doesn't. He hasn't. He hasn't had more yards than Kelsey. He hasn't had more touchdowns than Kelsey. He hasn't had more receptions than Kelsey. But you know what? The weird thing is, he has just as many looks. That's when you look at their. And he's truly the only pass catcher that they really have. I mean, you've got who Duvernay. As your other top tight, as your other top pass catcher, again, I think in the, in the scheme of that offense, in the future of that offense, I legitimately think Isaiah Likely is probably the better tight end in that offense. I think that guy is going to be a superstar. I like it. I. You're not telling me anything I haven't. I know. I just it, but and it does. It really sounds bad for us two to be talking about tight ends, especially when we talk about the best in the game. Obviously, we like talking tight ends because there's a whole bunch of guys that don't get the love. Dawson Knox, like I brought up, Mike Gusecki, Rob Tanyan, which if he would get looked at from time to time, one of the best in the league. Pat Fryermuth, uh, Noah Fant does not get looked at for any reason. We, we have we have made it David and Joku through this entire thing that we are a tight end show. We love our tight ends. That that is. It's the one position that we feel like, hey, those are our guys. But Maybe it's because we wish we were them. We probably have the same appetite that they do. But other than that, we've got nothing else in, in common except for possibly just the off-the-wall bullshit that we do. I mean, we got good beards, and it seems like that's a, that's a good tight end thing. I like that. All right, we're gonna go. We're gonna go with that. That's what it is. It's the beards. It's gotta be. It's the beards and the body type. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, good with it. That's what we're rolling moving with. Moving forward, that pencil that one in right there. All right, so lock that in. Lock it down. Uh, let's let's get off the game. That was awful. Uh, the Detroit Lions are on a three game winning streak. Granted, they host Buffalo this week, so we're going to hold off on any four-game winning streak talk. Is it bad? That, I mean, I, I put in a six-leg parlay today. Uh, put five bucks down. If it hits, it's like 250 bucks. I'm not expecting any leg of this to hit because obviously one of us two on the show put it in. So I, and I, I took the Bills' money line, which they were – Favored by nine. I'm, I'm taking the lines in the on that one. Lines in the points and lines in the points. I don't hate it because the lions. <laughs> I mean, a, it is hard to outscore the lions. 
they're learning how to win. And they seem to be knowing what to do when it comes to winning time now. Now, would it surprise me if Josh Allen came out and said, we're the better team and we're going to bury you in the dirt like they expect us to and blow them out by 50? Not at all. That seems like a very Lions thing to happen to them. Yeah, I mean, you're getting hopes up as Lions fans, so yeah, a, a, a gut punch here is what everybody's expecting. <laughs> but the way they've been playing, Damn. did anybody expect them to beat the Giants? Nope. Anybody expect them to beat the Packers? Nope. I can't remember who they beat before that. Um, but I, They weren't mm. expected to win that game either. Now I'm looking it up. Hold on. That was, would have been week so, nine. I don't – the way the Lions have been playing, good on them. I, I still think they're a quarterback away. Um, Jared Goff's been playing better, but the entire team has started to figure it out. And I think the Bills – I don't actually think the Bills are going to take this one lightly. I think they're going to look at film and be like, look, this team's hot. They shouldn't beat us. Don't let them beat us. If the Bills go out... The Bears. They beat the Bears. The Bears? Okay. Which, actually, nobody thought they were going to beat the Bears. I, I picked the Bears to win that game. <laughs> um. So, all the Bills have to do is actually not play Bills football and just play a safe, conservative game. Get the ball to 14... Run the ball a little bit. Get Devin Singletary and Zach Moss running. Call it a day. But, I love the guy. I love number 17. What he's going to do, he's going to have two or three throws where he goes, I'm Superman. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's all the game needs. That's all. You give the Lions an inch, they're not taking a mile. They're taking the whole damn interstate. Okay? <laughs> that's you, you not a team. You can't mess around with that team. They are. We've go- been saying it all season. That's any given Sunday. Yeah. And that team could... I think that team could give the Bills something to think about. Um, they gave the Giants a lot to go, oh shit, maybe... Maybe we're not, maybe we're not here yet. Because they handled them pretty well. Yeah, um, they did. That was a good game, though. It was. I mean, the Lions handled the Giants pretty well, but they made it exciting to watch. Jamal Williams, three touchdowns. I think he had like 35 yards, too. Poor DeAndre Swift owners in fantasy. Vultured every time. Whenever they lined up, it was like second second goal from like the five late in the game. And I just saw him hand him off, and like I, and I know DeAndre just got him down there. And I was like, they just gave the ball to Jamal, and I look back, it's like, oh nope, that's that is thirty-two. That was a hey, we're sorry, <laughs> but you're lucky you got that one. Um, that was yeah, poor poor DeAndre Swift fantasy owners, because yeah, you know they're like, yes, they're in the red zone, and Jamal Williams is in the end zone. Shit. Oh, we're back, and Jamal Williams is in the end zone. <laughs> Shit. Um, it's spe- like- speaking of shit, the Nathaniel Hackett led Broncos. Here's all. I'm going to go ahead and take this one first, and then I'm just going to let you go off, big guy. Uh, Devontae Adams and Derek, I don't think they're 
coming together completely. They they looked better. Devontae started looking like Devontae. Took them a while, and it was very few and far between. Maybe it's just baby steps. Maybe that's all they need. I don't. I still don't think that Derek's a, uh, a Raider next year. Um, but man. Russell Wilson still didn't throw a touchdown, and Austin, I'm going to hand it over to you. Go off, big guy. Okay, so we've established how disappointing and awful and shitty and disastrous and how Walmart brand the Broncos have been this year. But, I don't feel like you... How do you lose that game? A, Denver fans have to absolutely hate you know I, I actually know that they absolutely hate Josh McDaniels because somehow they fire the crappy head coach and somehow he still ruins their lives which don't get me wrong I thought was hilarious I thought the Raiders were the better football team I thought they were going to win that game but Broncos fans crying has to be right up there towards the top for me like it's like Chiefs winning the Super Bowl and then between the Broncos crying, um, the Chargers fans crying because apparently the the refs decided the Chiefs game or decided decided the end of that game for them, whatever. But those guys crying is is very high on my list of things I enjoy. But I get it. My God, dude, it is it is so bad for the Broncos. A We've been over. I mean, I don't. I don't feel like I can drop any new news here. Russell Wilson, ass. Nathaniel Hackett, ass. Melvin Gordon got ass. Got cut. Like that defense is good. By the way, that we are now at. If the Broncos' offense scores eighteen points in regular in the re, in regular time, guess what? The Broncos are nine and one. If they score eighteen points. In 60 minutes of football. 9 and 1. It has to be so bad to be a Denver fan. So bad. Russell Wilson. All $245 million of him. I know we brought this stat back last week. Even though it was... We originally brought it up before. You guys didn't get to hear that one. Because thank you interwebs. But... I actually, I think I do. I think Russ got one touchdown this week. I think I think he's at eight now. I don't remember. I, I believe he's at eight. Which means if he is at eight, he still has four less touchdown passes this season than he has bathrooms in his home. I love I love that stat. He I love has, that stat. We're going into week twelve. There are six weeks of football left. He is currently not averaging a, f- a touchdown pass a game. He is currently averaging an eighth of a touchdown per game. I'm I'm no math wizard, but we're teetering on him not finishing the season with as many touchdowns as he has bathrooms. This is absurd. If he gets hurt. <laughs> if he has to sit out one game, he almost completely screws that up for himself. Man, he's gonna go in he's gonna go into 
week 18 with like 13 touchdown passes. He's going to throw three picks in the first quarter and they're going to bench him. I can see it. I'm going to love it. And I swear on everything I have, there will be a celebratory something happening on. I don't know. It'll be Instagram Live, Facebook Live, TikTok, Twitter. It, it doesn't matter. I will find some way to celebrate that Russell Wilson has less touchdowns than bathrooms. It's going to happen. I'm, <laughs> I want this more than I want anything in football right now. Russell Wilson to end the season with 11 or less touchdown passes would be phenomenal. That's too much Broncos talk. Oh, God, the next one. Uh, Cowboys-Vikings. Mm-hmm. I think we can just hit this one real quick. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins uh, thought it was a primetime game. Okay, Maybe. What the Vikings defense think it was? Saturday? They thought they were Kirk Cousins. Must have. Uh, I know <laughs> Zadarius Smith said he was feeling 9-0 and before the game. <laughs> Turns out he wasn't. Um, or 9-1, and excuse me. That was, that was, boy, the Cowboys aren't that good. I don't think the Vikings are that bad, and that was an absolute. I honestly think the Cowboys just caught the, the Vikings thinking they were supposed to win and steamrolled them. Yeah. That was that was one of Kirk's worst games that I've seen, especially in a Vikings uniform. Um, Bengals Steelers, thirty-seven thirty. Bengals divisional win. game. Divisional game didn't really feel as close as the final score. I know it was no. close throughout, but it, it, it never felt like it was the Steelers game. Um, Leo Collins saying that T.J. Watt's a crybaby, even though T.J. Watt had six tackles three tackles for loss half a sack an interception apparently that's a bad game for Lael Collins thinks that's a bad game for TJ Watt which I mean I guess when you're the reigning defensive player of the year with 21 and a half sacks you know maybe maybe that is a bad game but I don't think you get to brag that you won no not Um, I mean your team won but I don't think you get to brag that you won that matchup um I I just don't I don't think that's to me that's not a win. You you allowed Joe Burrow to run for his life some more, Lyle. Lyle, I have never been able to say his name. I can say Talanoa Hufunga, Charles Amanaihu, Collins, formerly of the Dallas Cowboys. Is is not that I can't do that one, but how you told Joe Burrow nobody's going to touch you, and yet everybody seems to be touching Joe Burrow, and I think Joe Burrow is going to need to see a shrink. Because it, it just seems like he's getting touched in all the most inappropriate ways that a quarterback should not be touched. Unless your name's Deshaun Watson. I'm refraining so hard from an altar boys joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm 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 doing everything I can not to have every person of a certain religious sect trying to kill our show. Because God, I want to make the joke. You're but, better than I am because I almost just came out and said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still thinking about it. Oh man, I I tell you what, because oh, the Catholic Church has covered up less cover ups than Joey Burrow's been hit by, been touched by this year. Okay, we're gonna go there. It has been bad. It has been awful. He's the second most sacked quarterback in football. Hey, uh. Some somebody got there a lot. Yeah. Um. Congratulations, you stopped T.J. Watt for a game. Kind of. Kind of. He still had half a sack. But no. Well, not only that, but T.J. Watt. He the Watt brothers, for as much as they do in their communities, they are not quiet in the NFL. They do when they don't like something, they let the NFL officiating, coaching, everybody know about it. There's been a huge uptick in just bear-hugging defensive ends. And TJ has been very outspoken, and this is bullshit. We can't even rush the quarterback. You're trying to protect that guy so much that we can't do our jobs. And you know what Collins has kind of been doing the last few years to defensive ends since they've started to allow it? I'm just going to grab the guy. Yeah. If you grab him above the shoulder pads and allow his arms to move freely, they're not calling it. They're not calling him as holds. As a guy that, I mean, you said something about Nick Bosa last week. As a guy that watches Nick Bosa in and, day in and day out. Hell, watching the Chargers offensive line playing against the Chiefs offensive line, I was halfway convinced I had a Nick Bosa. I, I mean... I mean, the still shot of, of Justin Herbert launching the ball to uh, Josh Palmer on my fantasy bench. I mean, in the still shot, you can literally see... Mike Dana standing there, arms in the air, with right guards for arm wrapped around his neck. I mean, if if you're above the shoulder pads, they're not calling it. It, it doesn't make any sense. It's been it's been wild, and I these hate- defense. Miles Garrett's not getting calls. Neither are the Bosa brothers, and I know Joey's out. None of the Watts are getting the calls. Khalil's not. I mean, Khalil got held a couple of times against with the Chiefs. It didn't get called. It's ridiculous. Let these guys... Defensive ends, believe it or not, NFL, make the game better. Make it a lot more fun. A lot more entertaining than, oh... You get these good quarterbacks that have to now play from behind a little bit because they're they're running. They have to be better. And they have to make the spectacular throws. Yeah. I get you're trying to protect them from getting hurt, and that's all it is. But... Guess what? It's a violent game. And if we're going to do that, get rid of the position and throw flags on them. It's getting to be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so we got two games left. Obviously, we've already hit on these two games pretty heavily, being that they are our games. Um, it they NFL does do us a pretty decent favor whenever they just put Chiefs and Niners on Sunday night and Monday night football. It does seem to help. Speaking of Niners on Sunday Night Football, can we please flex the Week 13 game? Because, God, I want to see Kyle Shanahan playing Mike McDaniels in primetime. Not at 3 o'clock. While we're at it, let's flex the Monday Night game out. We can put either the Niners game in there or the Chiefs game in there. Both of our teams need to be on 
primetime again. That no, the, week thirteen. Bengals, is, Chiefs, Niners, Niners and Dolphins. Dolphins. Oh, you're telling me those two games shouldn't be in primetime? I need a Monday night doubleheader and Tuesday off. How about this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. How about we send the Niners and the Dolphins back down to Mexico and the Chiefs and the Bengals out to Germany? I don't think either stadium would survive. Dude, that'd be so much fun. The, those fans in those games, I don't think either stadium, not 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 let not not the people, not the players, coach. No, no, I don't think the stadiums, the concrete structures that they impose, I don't think those survive. Can we before we get into our games? Can we just talk about how beautiful Mexico and Germany has treated the NFL? I I mean, if you're the NFL and you watch what Germany what Germany presented as a crowd. You watch what Mexico presented as a crowd, and you go, man, London's a little, uh... Lackluster? Yeah, it's a little bleak. Granted, I mean, it's London. And you expect... It's cloudy with a chance of smog. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're looking at the British and looking for excitement. I mean, cheerio, mate, you know, whatever. They're boring people, for, for God's sakes. So they, they don't... They, they owned half the spice countries in the world, and they use nothing in their food. Let's put it what it is. that that is. They're a boring country. But Look, sous vide is very good when you sear it afterwards. You're, not, you're only supposed to boil to get it up to temp, not for flavor. What, you don't like gray steak? Huh. I, well, I had really good food today, and now... now now, now you're thinking about getting you a nice boiled steak? I'm thinking about throwing up a nice boiled something because that just... Yeah, how <laughs> how can you go back to London and be like, yes, this is a good... This this is how football... Show me more games in Germany. I want to see what Spain's like. I, I just... <laughs> I don't... Man, you got two really, 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 really good crowds. Out of Mexico and Germany, you got to see, excuse me. You got to see football fans. I don't know if you saw the jersey sales. Um, I did in Mexico. They sold hundreds of Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, T.J. Watts. I mean, the Mexico, top five. Mexico treated it like a Super Bowl event, right? And I think the top five was Josh Allen, George Kittle, Mac Jones. I think it was Lamar Jackson. And then Nick Bosa. There was a lot. And it, it was to, to see what the, those two countries have done. Because, I mean, and Mexico's, Mexico's had games in Mexico City before. It's, the last two have been Cardinals-Niners games, I believe. I believe it's always been Cardinals-Niners. And but, the one game that I'm sure Mexico's really upset they missed out on was that Bills or was that Chiefs-Rams uh, game. Remember, he got moved back to L.A. because that field was unsafe. But ever since then, they have done what they needed to down in Mexico to get that field to be safe to play on, to get it to be ready to play on, and those fans have been phenomenal. Give me another Mexico City game. Give me another Germany game. 
Do we really need to play in England? I don't think so. The England from I mean, I here understand, on out, I understand it's Jacksonville's second home, but ugh. you give them the Jacksonville game. Let's see what let's see what you know. Let's see what this world, how this world can react to football. Right. I mean, oh, as crazy as I know, the time schedule would be nuts. But let's see one in Japan. I think they've had some preseason games in Japan, and I, I, I legitimately think the scheduling conflict there is just so massive. Just with the time differences, it, and- it, it's so you would have to. It would be such an orchestration to get that game off on time and get the players safely right. there and back on time. I just don't see that one happening, but I would love to see it. Or even like in Australia. That's a... So, and only because I had to answer a chat at work because I forgot to shut it off when I was supposed to. 5 o'clock here in America is 8 a.m. in Australia. We could make that work. We, we could make that work. Yeah. Night game in Australia be about eleven o'clock here. I mean, I mean that's not not a terrible plan, but I think we need to see some of these games some some of the places. Just I think it is such a seeing what Germany and seeing what is happening in Mexico. Let's see where let's see what this looks like someplace other than other than just. England. I mean, Here's let's, really let's see what one. Italy looks like. Let's see what Spain looks like. Let's let's see what Egypt looks like. Let's that see. That would be sweet. You know, hey, Greece. A crazy one here. Ireland. Ireland. You know, let's see what some of these places look like. See how some of these reactions are. Just because we've seen what happens when we get somewhere for the first time. I understand it's difficult to get one of these stadiums set up for the NFL. I understand. I understand the problems that come with it. But, man, it is paying off for the if, NFL. If you've looked at anything on social media about how Mexico treated the 49ers and and Cardinals coming into town, they were nuts. I Obviously, because I watch a lot, I have a lot of 49ers stuff on my Instagram. The, the players' bus arriving to the hotel in Mexico City... And I get that it's really bad for me to call for a Niners game back in Mexico. 82% of the fans in Mexico, uh, according to Vivid Seats, were 49ers fans. Um, Just an FYI, that's higher than what they get in Santa Clara. And that breaks, I think, 99% of uh, home rates at all stadiums. (laughs) <laughs> that's insanity. But the way that they treated all those players coming in, the excitement around them, and then to think that Germany had a 3 million person long wait list to get into the game. I don't think we need to go back to London. I really don't. <laughs> I, when we're done here, I know, I know this obviously isn't a visual medium here, but um, I don't know if you've seen Navy's uniforms for this the, weekend. The NASA, NASA ones? ones? Yeah. Okay, you have. Those are sexy. Sorry, I didn't mean to interject no, with that there. Good. But um, 
But let's let's talk Chiefs Chargers. Um, a, I've I understand, like I do, I understand the hatred for the team that's winning, the the team that's good, the team that you're constantly losing to. Couple of fun facts: um, Patrick Mahomes has now won 25 consecutive games in the month the months of November and December. Um, he, this one's fun. There's not an opposing fan base that has ever went to one of their team's home games and watched them beat Kansas City. He is 14 and 0 on the road in the division. I had the pleasure of hearing somebody say that Mahomes is nothing but a system quarterback and is barely above average. Person is a said Raiders fan. Do um, I know said person? Uh, fun fact. He works for the same company you do. That doesn't narrow it down. I know it doesn't, but <laughs> I'm not here to name names. You might know him, you might not, but he does work in the same plant. After the show, I'll definitely ask. Yeah. Um, so, if you if if you're watching football, and you can at least appreciate what Patrick Mahomes is doing, what he is, he is now back to being the front runner for the MVP. He has a 300 yard lead plus yard lead on for the for yardage he's got a six he's got a six touchdown lead for touchdown leaders if you if you can't appreciate what he is and i know this sounds stupid homerific and i mean i've i've been on this podcast i have i have criticized mahomes i i don't feel like i need to wear you know a lanyard around my neck that says I'm not completely homer biased. Obviously, I have my biases. that They're going to be there. I am a football fan. I am a Chiefs fan. You have them. I have them. If you're listening to the show, you probably have them. But my God. Can we... Can we appreciate the greatness a little bit? Uh, Mahomes isn't only winning games because of NFL referees. No. He's not only winning games because he's a chief. I hate to tell you this, guys. I don't watch that many Chiefs games where I go, the refs clearly altered the game. They have. I have seen it done. No argument. I have seen the Chiefs get the calls where you're like, mm, that's a really shitty call. And I will gladly call those calls out. That is not what happened in the Chiefs-Chargers game. No. If you honestly believe that, you're not paying attention. The hold on Kelsey at the end... Was it a little ticky-tack? Yeah, but he had a hold of the jersey when Kelsey went the other way. That's, by textbook, a defensive hold. Other than that, I mean, there was a holding on two of Justin Herbert's touchdown passes. There was multiple defensive holds that weren't called. I, I mean, there's... I'm not the guy that's screaming for offensive holding penalties to be called. No, and I've gotten away from being that guy. It's just we. It's every play. It You're is. seeing it every and single play. I don't know the blatant ones. 
yes, you need to you need to hold that accountable. Again, Mike Dana was in a headlock. I think in that should be front. called more than more than when they're wrapping up the arms. If they've got them around the neck, oh, player safety. The NFL is big on player safety. If if they've got them around the neck, and you're not uh, a three hundred pound guy has that guy in a headlock. That's not a, that's not a safety issue. That that should be, we should be calling that hold. But no, Hell, go on. Frank Clark, when Justin Herbert rolled out through a deep ball, Frank Clark went out to meet him. Right tackle, literally, just tried to tackle it. So he didn't try to block him. Didn't try to slow, no. He tried to tackle him. Grabbed him around his waist and pushed. Sorry, pretty blatant holding call. And they were out in the open. They were the only two there. How do you miss it? Again, I don't ask for holding calls to be called that often. I don't think they help the game. But my God. These people that hate Mahomes because he's winning. I understand. If you hated Tom Brady too. I get it. I did too. It's I didn't time hate to grow Tom up. Brady as the winner he was. I hated him as the asshole that he looked like he was. Yes. What What about Mahomes gives you that vibe? He's not Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he he seems like he's a pretty good dude. Seems pretty down to earth. He's willing to take he takes it on the chin when he loses. He passes around the gratitude when he wins. Again, dude had a great game. And he gives all the glory directly to the tight end. Granted, yeah, that tight end made three really damn good plays. I'm confused because I'm pretty sure Travis Kelsey is not what most of us would consider fast in the NFL. No. And he ran away from all of those defenders. Doesn't make sense to me. The tight ends are evolving as we watch, and it's not yeah, It's not the 32 good for year old one shouldn't be getting faster. <laughs> but, man, it is just, it's insane to me, like, how quickly. Everybody has tried to turn the Chiefs into the the Patriots. It's well, and it's I, really I, weird. I I don't like, and this uh, it's going to take me a second to get to my point because that's you guys should know this by now. But the whole rooting against the flashy bandwagon, and I get it. I might be driving the Bills bandwagon. Okay, not might be. I I'm driving the Bills bandwagon. I get it. All right, but at the same time, you just have to appreciate the greatness that you're seeing. When we went to Kansas City, we watched Josh. I wasn't sure if you're talking about me and you, the Niners, the Bills. I wasn't sure who. No, we sorry. Was. I, I I meant to direct that one directly at you. Um, when you and I went to Kansas City and watched Josh and Pat. Yeah, that was your favorite team, and that's my favorite team to watch just as a fan. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying is true, but I do get super excited when I'm talking about the Bills because they're so fun to watch. But when you get to just sit there and realize what you're seeing is just truly great. Now, at the same time, I want to go see Joe play. Oh, absolutely. I want to go see... If I could watch a Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, that that would be the second... 
Just enjoy the greatness. Quit this nitpicky bullshit. Oh, well, that team what Maybe that team wins because they got a great guy under center. Mm-hmm. I'm, it, nobody's yelling at for uh, the Bengals to be losing games because of the refs. Is it because they not don't have as many wins? Um, what about the Eagles? Jalen Hurts is having an incredible. I mean, most fan bases hate Philadelphia, so <laughs> well, I, mean, I mean, there is that. People are wanting the Eagles to lose. That people have been calling them frauds all year long. But again, that's because Philadelphia may have the worst fans in football. It's weird that you call them the worst because at the same time they might be. They're the yeah, worst. They could at also the best. be the best fans in football. Yeah, no. It, they're their, the their worst. Pas- their passion is amazing. They're slightly um, clannish behavior. Um, <laughs> Is is not so great. No, no, I, I I see what you're saying, but this whole uh, no, why why are we knocking on Pat? What what first off, what he's done the last two weeks to cement? I get it. When he had Travis, when he had not when he had, but when his offense. Whenever you walk into the offense, that is Tyreek Hill. That is. At the time, Sammy Watkins. That is Travis Kelsey. That is Kareem. Yes, I get it. I understand the dude was handed handed the keys of the Ferrari. He didn't have to buy and trade. He didn't have to upgrade. He walked in and was handed the keys to a freaking hypercar. I, I, I get it. Right now, what's he got? That team lost in the first round of the playoffs the previous year. This game, he walked in without his number one. MVS... Theoretically, a number two. McColl's out. He lost the guy we all thought was going to go absolutely nuts in KT early. I mean, the best ball he threw was to the backup tight end on a play that was. I, I watched. Ah, crap, I can't think of his name now. Um, I'll think of it here in a minute. Um, I watched a video where. Guy's diagnosing the play, and he goes, "This play's dead. There's not a play. There's not Baldy. a spot. Was it no. Baldy? No. Nope. It, uh, God, I can't think of who it was right now. I will. I'll find it. Um, but he was like, "This play's dead. Your tight end. Your your primary target has three guys on him. Your checkdown has a guy on him. And Patrick Mahomes, as he was called in the video, football Jesus." Throws the ball to his backup tight end on a streak down the right sideline and puts an absolute dot on his tight end before the defensive back had a chance to think about it. What we're watching is greatness. <laughs> it, it. I understand you don't like seeing your team get beat by the guy over and 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 over. Welcome to the AFC West, boys. You spent a billion dollars and it's over by Thanksgiving. Congrats. By the way, we'll move off this game here in a moment. I do have to say, and it was brought up by one of our avid listeners to me personally. We need to talk about Chris Jones. Yeah. Not the player. The defensive player of the year candidate. Okay. Chris Jones is top 10 in sacks. 
He's top 10 in pressures. Okay. He is clearly making a massive difference on the field. He is clearly one of the best defenders in football. Okay. By no means am I calling him for to be the front runner. I think we've both made that evidently clear who we believe the front runner for the defensive player of the year. Most definitely. I, 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 I'm not asking for him to be, the, to be the defensive player of the year. He needs to be in the conversation. I can see him. In... As of right now, he is the best defensive tackle in football. Defensive tackle, yes. I mean, 99. He's still a defensive tackle right now. Right now. I'll take 95. No, I I agree with you. 99 hasn't shown what 99... 99 has not been... 99 hasn't been 99. 99, when healthy, when right, when everything's going good for for 99, and he's he's right. No, 99 is one of the best players in football. And then... Not not defensive players, not, off, not defensive line. No, one of the best players in football. Right, and then the As other 99 right, in Indy doesn't get the love, um, but he... He doesn't get the pressures like Chris does, mm-hmm. um, but in terms of just a three technique, um, okay. take four guys off of the offensive line. Oh, yeah, DeForest Buckner should also be in the conversation. But and and I, I feel like Defo Defo is kind of going to be ruled out because of the team record. Yes, and, he will. And and I unfortunately these these are also based on team record, and I believe don't eleven in Dallas is the defensive player of the year. I, I don't think we have any arguments. Leaps and bounds. Right now we're arguing for second place, and I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to bring it up as well um, with a different guy. Okay. But with Chris Jones, I believe he's I'm, – I'm trying to find it. We were, we were talking. Um, he's at nine sacks. That puts him in the top five. Legit, I mean, thanks to him taking the double team, he created both of Mike Dana's sacks this, this weekend. The guy needs to be appreciated and respected as a defensive player of the year candidate. He is playing at that level. If 11 wasn't doing what 11's doing, I would argue that he is the defensive player of the year. But with 11 doing what 11's doing, I, I can't because I have the utmost respect for what that kid is doing in Dallas. It's amazing what he's doing. But damn it, I have a defender that I believe is in the conversation. With that, I will pass it off to the Niners game for you. I did not get to watch much of this game. I saw a few highlights. Um, I was bowling, not to mention bowling like crap. I was a little perturbed, irritated, and hating myself, um, which seems to be a reoccurring habit. Hopefully that changes this weekend, but I will pass it off on to you. Let you talk about your Niners, the two tight ends that that Kelsey had, the two, the two touchdowns that Ayuk had, Jimmy G putting four touchdown passes on the board. I realize it's Jimmy G, but he put four touchdowns on the board. He looked great for three quarters. He did. Beating a team that you should absolutely beat with their backup quarterback. That seems to be making questionable decisions after, you know, letting Eno Benjamin go for some strange reason. But with that, Mike's yours. All right. Take us home. So Or to Mexico. <laughs> um, I mean, we've already hit on the Mexico thing. I'm going to kind of pick up where you left off with, um, and I'm trying to find it, and obviously I didn't save it like I should have. Um, so... Right where you left off there with Chris Jones. Another guy that needs to at least be in the conversation. 
Nick Bosa needs to be in this conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. Nick Bosa, every stat, sacks, quarterback pressures, quarterback hits, um, uh, I can't think of what the fourth and fifth stats are right now for defensive ends. Everything that uh, Micah Parsons is leading in or in second place in, the guy that's on his heels, Nick Bosa has 10.5 sacks this season. Um, He's averaging just under one sack per game, which is absolutely insanity. Um, He is second only to Micah Parsons in all of those stats. Not only that, his pass coverage grade. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you just say pass coverage grade with with a true defensive end? When he is asked to drop into pass coverage, he's been targeted like three times. It's zero. God, I love that guy. Nick Bosa. I'll give you Frank for him. <laughs> no. Um, I, it was. Hey, I, I credit you for trying. Again. Um, and, and again and again and again. You, every time. That, that, it just, <laughs> that, that's where you can go with every time. Um, but Nick Bosa's out here doing the most. He is the reason this defense is is what it is. He's not, like, he's averaging damn near one sack per game. The only reason he's not averaging one sack per game uh, is because they only credited him with half a sack this uh, this last week against the the Cardinals. Um, they only gave him a half sack. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. The guys, it was two weeks ago, I watched a highlight of him coming off the edge on the right side, Right tackle hit him. The tight end hit him. And the running back threw a chop block. And he tipped the ball at the line of scrimmage. Uh, I don't know what else you want from a guy who's getting bear hugged, choke slammed, held, and has been for since he entered the league. But Nick Bosa needs a little bit more respect on his name. Um, so I'm just going to leave that at that. But with the 49ers, Jimmy in the first quarter, I mean, he was Jimmy. In the second, third, and fourth quarter, Run CMC started to just sit down. I don't think it was designed. He just started to sit down and give George, or not George, uh, well, I, I guess I should give you this. Uh, Jimmy's new nickname, according to George Kittle and Debo Samuel, Hemi Guap. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> CMC was given Hemi Guap just a quick check down. that be the last time you say that? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, I'm honestly surprised you didn't lead this segment. I, I honestly expected you to lead this segment. I'm a little disappointed you didn't. So... The reason I'm just now getting into uh, Hemi Guap uh, is because Hemi Guap and the uh, 49ers offense, after annihilating 
what was left of the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, they fired a coach before the game. That's how bad they knew it was going to be. Um, they are now the NFC West leaders. Not 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 the Seattle Seahawks. Like I've had to fucking listen to for I don't know seven weeks now. We knew this day was coming. Holy shit! I'm a little upset. It's here though. Thank God. Oh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it anymore. I'm I'm a little. Upset. <laughs> I couldn't do it anymore. Um, I mean, there wasn't a lot to go over with the game. So what the biggest takeaways I have, um, is start throwing George the ball. Wild concept. I, you have one of the best receiving targets in football. Yeah, let's just have him pass block. Yeah, let's, that's, that seems like a guy. Yeah, let, let's not throw it to the best yak guy in the league. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't see why you would do that. His two receptions and both touchdowns were both yak plays. His first one went for, I think it was 32 yards or something like that. What happened was... And I thought Jimmy was going to step. Oh, sorry. I thought Hemi Guap was going to step over the line of scrimmage. Uh, but he stopped. And as soon as he started to make a run for it, try and get out of the terrible pass protection, the one time that the, the uh, Cardinals were about to come home on, on that play, George just started running up the field. And. Gucci Garop there just dropped a dime right over the top of everybody. What's George do? Just fucking runs over people. Breaks two tackles at like the five, five to seven yard line. He's in. His second one, I don't know if you've seen the second touchdown, but uh, Buda Baker made a business decision and didn't even try to tackle him. George geared up to lower his shoulder, and when he looked up, he was in the end zone. They didn't even try. It was, I mean, for lack of a better term, it was inevitable. You were either going to get your ass run over by an oversized gorilla probably wearing a luchador mask underneath his football helmet. Oh my God, that would have been phenomenal. <laughs> the NFL would have lost their shit. No, uh, get George the ball. It was really weird. They were like, wow, we can't. They're starting to cover up CMC. We're not getting anything going with, with Debo, who had a rushing touchdown. So, huh, how about we dump it off to tight end? I, I hear he's pretty good. There's not much to say about the game. The defense played great. Um, it's hard to talk too much about a 38-10 to 10 <laughs> victory over backup quarterback. It, I get it. It was a good game for the Niners to come out and be, if this game was closer, you could look at them and be like, yeah, they won. That's it. Yeah. They come out and they just pounded the ball or pounded the Cardinals into the ground like they were supposed to. That's what you want your good teams in the NFL to do. Yeah. When they're going up against a lesser opponent, you want them win convincingly. Yes. Now, every now and then, you're going to have that team that's like, oh, we're going to win the game, and they sleep on it. 
it happens. But four or five games a year, you're supposed to win convincingly when you're the top of the league. You got to win three to four of those games convincingly. And, I mean, that's what the Niners did. There's not a lot to talk about. Jimmy looked good. Uh, first Niners quarterback to have four tuds and 400 since um, Steve Young. The guy before Steve Young was a some guy named Joe Montagna. I thought you said Joe Montagna. <laughs> Apparently he ended his career with the Chiefs. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Nah, never. <laughs> but he gets, he, gets, he gets compared to this weird, like, Thomas Thomas Bradley or something like that. Braid Bradley, I don't know. Brady maybe. I don't. Two no-name quarterbacks. Yeah. So the Niners played a good football game. I was pleased with it. Um it so, must be nice cuz I'm really tired of watching the Chiefs play like shit. <laughs> cuz it keeps happening. You keep winning though. That and that's the weird thing. The Niners haven't played great football this year, so it was refreshing to see a good football game against a lesser opponent. It's nice to keep winning, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The winning helps. It helps um, a lot. I mean, so, it, it, it is nice because the Chiefs are now back at the top of the NFL. I mean, they <laughs> now have the best record in football. Or No, I guess the Eagles are. The Eagles still are one loss, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah, still they're one, one loss. loss. But, you know, it's... The Eagles have shown their flaws, and a good defense, like, I don't think the Cowboys will win on Christmas Day, or Christmas Eve, whichever one it is, Uh, but the Cowboys are going to give the Eagles a run. Look, if the Vikings defense doesn't play like they played against the the boys, they're going to give them a run. Mm -hmm. Niners defense is sure as shit going to give them a run. Man, they do host the Packers this week, so... And it depends on which Packers team shows up, man. Right. So the NFC's wide open. I do feel like the Niners are kind of emerging as I, I, it took them a while. It took them a lot longer than it usually does. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I I think I've – and even just based solely on the strength of that defense, that offense is coming around. If they can score, now, now you have more issues. Yeah, because if, I mean, trying Jimmy to score played, on that defense – Jimmy had three throws in the first quarter that were terrifying. After those three, he played championship football. So it's going to be interesting to see how how these divisions work out because I feel like there's some teams that were at the top and no more, and I, I realized the Dolphins had an off week. Let's not forget about them. No, that that team has a. I think have you have a legitimate case for offensive player of the year is on that team. I think I think you have an argument for a potential MVP being on that team. Um but the the, the Dolphins the Dolphins are not done. Uh and I'm I it's weird to say, but I missed watching the Dolphins football this weekend. They're fun to watch. They're, it's exciting. They're exciting teams to watch and I'm 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 looking forward to seeing them again next weekend. But with that, I know we're going a little long here, getting a little long-winded. Let's get into your fantastic foreplay All right. of the week. So for my fantastic foreplay for the week, um, I'm going to actually, my first one coming up, uh, staying in Santa Clara, I guess, Mexico City, Mexico. Uh, 49ers have an undrafted 
offensive lineman. He's just a backup. Um, he's been on the practice squad for a couple of years. He's out of the NFL's uh, outreach program for bringing in players from um, all over the world. He's actually born, raised in Mexico City, Mexico. Name of Alfredo Gutierrez. Not only has this man suited up on the 53 for the 49ers multiple times this season, gotten into some games as a rotational piece, uh, he got to lead the team. He unfortunately was not the one carrying the uh, Mexican flag out of the tunnel. Uh, Fred Warner, who has great long lines of Hispanic and Mexican heritage in his family, ran the flag out of the tunnel. Right behind him was Alfredo, leading the team onto the field. Uh, big props to that guy, living out his NFL dreams. He got to not only suit up, he had a couple of snaps in the game, and he got to play in the city he was born and raised in. Absolutely love that. I Those types of stories... They make me feel good. They make me enjoy football. That's that's what I like to see. Um, another one. <laughs> excuse me. Uh, Taylor Heineke. So I said we would talk about him a little bit more. I don't know if anybody else seen his press conference after he was named the starter for the remainder of the season for the Commanders. This man's damn near in tears of joy for finally getting named the starter after I don't know how many teams he played for before and before he even got into the XFL um, Taylor Heineke is a great story PJ Walker is a great story maybe we see the resurgence of Kyle Allen this is where I mean as weird as it sounds this is where dreams are made and lived out and Taylor Heineke's doing it Absolutely love it for him. Uh, and then we're going to kind of get a little bit darker here. Uh, Shocker. Ryan's going <laughs> in the shadows. Yeah. It's going to only get darker. Um, I find this one funny, though. We're going to jump over to a former NFL quarterback um, who <coughs> is infamous for being a first-round draft pick. And uh, spending some time in prison, we've got Ryan Leaf, everybody. Uh, him and some Jets fans on Twitter having a go back and forth. I don't know if, uh, how we want to do this one here, Austin, but a Jets fan tweeted out. I don't know. Do you want to play the Jets fan here and I can be Ryan Leaf? Or how do you want to do this? Uh, uh, you know what? You, you share a name with the guy. I'll let you be Ryan. Okay. <coughs> um, Jets fan tweets out that he can't... I can't believe we drafted the Mormon Ryan Leaf. Uh, which was supposed to be a shot at Zach Wilson. Uh, Ryan... <laughs> Ryan comes out and says... Yes, you can. You're the Jets. It's what you do. Jets, Jets fan oh. receives two tweets. Back. Oh. 
Ryan, respectfully, shut the fuck up. You're worse than a Mormon that can't throw a ball straight. <laughs> First off, how out of line do you have to be to be arguing with an NFL quarterback about the N- I get he wasn't a good NFL quarterback. Guess what? He was an NFL quarterback. You're a keyboard warrior on Twitter. Twitch, my man. Ryan Leaf responded with the ultimate dagger. I've had a better life than Jets fans the last decade, and I spent three of those years in prison. Respectfully, of course. Murdered. <laughs> Just killed the man. And every Jets fan on Twitter. That It was... Beautiful. Uh, Ryan Leaf's kind of an incredible story. Um, I hope everybody knows about that. But the, the documentary that needs to be made about Ryan Leaf, don't be wrong, the highs, but the lows, that man has lived a life that, in some ways, I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy. But man, it has been a absolute roller coaster for that guy um i do want to kind of cut into your your stuff here yeah um, i just had one more but go for it uh this is just a tweet that has come out here uh i think since we started recording uh will compton we've already oh yes appreciated and everything just tweeted out a little while back year 10 might be in danger so i don't know what happened with the falcons today um, I, I do see the first reply on that tweet is Dan, Orla- Dan Orlovsky saying we revolt. So I, I've, I've been doing some some searching here, but I haven't found anything. Um, so so I'm, oh man, I'm, I'm hopefully watching. we get some juicy stuff for uh, tomorrow's episode. Yeah, so you 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 finish up, then we'll get out of here. But I'm gonna keep seeing if I can find anything. All right, and the last one for uh, uh, my fantastic foreplay this week. Todd Downing, Titans offensive coordinator. First off, go out, celebrate, my boy. You did what nobody thought you were going to do and beat the Packers. Now, with that being said, I don't know why you still have a job. Um, you got arrested drunk driving. If I remember correctly, Henry Ruggs did the same thing. Killed an innocent woman. Not only should you be ashamed of yourself... Brett Reed did the same thing. Brett Reed did the same thing. I mean, he unfortunately didn't kill somebody, but he did seriously injure a young girl. Um, The fact that you have a job, very surprising. I don't know if Mike Vrabel has you locked up somewhere, uh, because... That's not something I expected Mike to allow. Maybe it wasn't up to Mike. Um, but if if you really think that's a good idea, oh, I'll just go out, have a few drinks and celebrate and uh, do some reckless driving. Go to hell, man. That's, that's some bullshit. I don't care if you don't care about your life. It's other people's lives out there. And that complete and utter disregard 
that's that's just shameful. I mean, people look up to you. Um, I'm, that's all I've got to say. That was that's pitiful. I cannot believe that you would even attempt something like that. Uh, that's all I've got for for my fantastic foreplay this week. Kind of ended on a little bit of a sorrow note there, but hey, that's your, it's your foreplay. You do what you want with it. I had seen a stat that I was going to read, and now I don't remember what it was, so we're just going to go ahead and end the show off. Guys, we appreciate you. Thanks for sticking around with us today. Everything uh, everything seems to be in order to get a heck of a, th- heck of a Thanksgiving day going. We will be live, ready to go, so in case you want to ignore the family for at least an hour, maybe an hour and a half, we don't know how long it'll go because you guys know who we are. It could be interesting if we... We, we highly recommend that you ignore the family for a couple of hours. Watch football. Listen to the pod. Hey, enjoy and, your time. And check out our socials. I think um, during some of these football games, especially with the holidays going on, I feel like I'm going to be a little bit more social, live tweeting during some of the games, uh, try and get a little bit more of that going on for us. And we haven't said it in a while. If you guys want to reach out, hit us up on either of our socials or on the uh the actual Too Fat to Play Pod on Instagram. Reach out to us there. Um, We've got an email, Too Fat to Play Pod at, at gmail.com. Too Fat to Play Austin. we got Too Fat to Play Ryan. Reach out, touch base with us, give us a shout. If there's something you want to hear, get, let us know. If there's something you don't want to hear anymore of, that's too bad. It's our show. We're going to have fun. We're going to do it the way we want to do it. We want you guys to be involved as much as possible. We, we, we love the fact that you guys are out here listening you know, giving a shit about the things that come out of our mouths. Because, I mean, we we did this as something for us, but the fact that it's blossomed into something for you guys is, is amazing for us. So we enjoy that. Thank you, guys. We're going to get out of here. Be kind to each other. Love one another. And always remember, fuck the Cowboys. Fuck the Cowboys.